Redefining narratives and shifting perspectives. This is Story Noir. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Chapter 6 of the Story Noir podcast. This is Opal, and I'm super excited to be in conversation with a person who is described as your faves creative your favorite creator's legal consultant. Ooh, I stumbled a little bit. <laughs> she is someone who is a bright light who I discovered literally on TikTok and sent a cold email to uh, pitching my podcast. And luckily, she took a chance on me, sent me her uh, administrative assistant. I was like, period, girl, I, I already <laughs> know. And so I'm super excited to introduce you. Tell the people who we're talking to. Hey, y'all. I am so excited to be here. It is Cameron Monet, Cameron with a K. I am, as she said, your favorite creator's legal consultant. I am a licensed attorney, contract creator, and influencer marketing consultant. My primary focus is to help my fellow creatives when they're navigating contracts and brand partnerships and negotiating. I never want it to seem like this big, scary thing. So I definitely try to bridge that gap by being a creator and a lawyer myself. Yes. And so when scrolling on your TikTok page, I feel as though you have your bubbly personality. And so it's not necessarily just around, you know, legal things. It's about fashion. It's about life, kind of like a personal vlog. So what would you say someone who visits your TikTok page, what would they what would they see? Yeah. So I think when you think of lawyers or anyone in the legal profession, you're thinking scary. You're thinking, Mm -hmm. I don't know what to say to them. And Mm -hmm. I never want people to feel uncomfortable to ask me those questions they're nervous to ask. I want to be open and honest and myself and authentic and real because one thing about me is I'm going to make a joke, but I'm always going to state some facts with it. So I want to make sure that people are comfortable and excited and are going to really bring me those questions that they really need to ask so I can better give them guidance. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the really cool things about being on the internet and being able to contact people so easily and kind of, you know, having a really warm, receptive personality is like, you make it digestible. Like I definitely have learned a lot of legal terms and seen what it was like to be a lawyer from someone who's closer to my age. It's like, oh, it's not as scary as I thought. It's not as uptight. I don't know. It looks it looks fun. It seems like there's light at the, end of the tunnel. And so Black Girl Lawyer TikTok seems to just be its own kind of niche. I'm like, oh, wow. Like y'all have fun and go out and, you know, it still seems like y'all, you know, there's some sort of enjoyment within it and I'm like all the luxury it's always the luxury for me (laughs) (laughs) thank you so yes so where is your hometown and did you always know that you were going to be a lawyer tell tell me about that yeah, so I could be long-witted, so throw up a gang sign if I'm too long. No, but, I got you. Um, I'm originally from Flint, so I'm originally from Michigan, Um, and then I went to undergrad in Georgia. I went to Kennesaw State University, go Owls, and then I honestly, that's where I found out that I wanted to be a lawyer. I had no idea. I wasn't the person that grew up knowing, like, I want to be a lawyer. I'm going to get best grades. Child, I was in school, like, when is this over, Okay. <laughs> Um, I grew up in the performing arts, so I love theater. I love everything about being in front of the camera, being behind the camera, understanding the logistics of film and Broadway and all that. I loved all that growing up. So I got to college and my advisor was like, hey, uh, you got to pick a major eventually. And I just wasn't risky enough to pick theater. So he said, hey, I know you love to read, write, research, and you aren't scared to public speak. So try lawyer. And I was like, somebody else um I took some pre-law classes and I fell in love I joined the mock trial team and I loved being in the courtroom it gave me that same feeling that I got when I was on stage with theater 
I was like, I'm going to apply to law school. If I get in, I'm going to go. <laughs> and then I got in, I went and I was able to share this journey on my YouTube channel as well throughout this entire time. So okay. it was amazing. So now I'm in Birmingham, Alabama and I love it. That's exciting. And so when did you start um, sharing your journey on YouTube? Did that predate your time on TikTok? Yeah, so I was on YouTube in 2014, very sporadically posting every once in a while. Mm -hmm. um, but I always loved, again, being in front of the camera. So it was kind of like an outlet for me while I was trying to figure out what do I want to do? What's my mm -hmm. career? Am I going to get into law school? And um, I went to law school in 2016. So I no longer was posting about any and everything. I really mainly focused on like beauty and hair and style mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Like all the old OG YouTube girlies, like they was all posting that. So I was trying to be like, damn, child, I didn't know yeah. but baby, we posted. No, okay, we posted. it's okay. It's um, okay. Yeah. And then I went to law school and I was like, child, y'all gonna get this bun and these sweatpants. So I'm gonna have to vlog. So then I just vlogged my journey on law school. And a lot of that content is still on my YouTube channel. Oh, that's exciting. Because I feel as though, again, it makes it more accessible. It makes it more relatable of like, hey, come along this journey with me. You get to see kind of the behind the scenes, <laughs> yeah. you know, the late nights, the sweatpants, you know, the snacks, <laughs> the, yes, the, girl. The, the Nature Valley bars after not eating for, you know, so Listen, the hot Cheetos, the crying, the drama. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but Definitely yeah, it was nice. And now I can look back at it. So it's nice to have those memories like documented. No, absolutely. And so being first generation, you know, there's a lot of pressure. You already, you know, got the milestone of being in law school. And so transitioning mm -hmm. from law school and then going into working at a law firm, that seems to be pretty a pretty scary process. And so did you know <laughs> which law firm you wanted to um, work at once you uh, graduated law school? I had no idea. Truth be told, I really didn't know what type of law I wanted to do. Uh -huh. um, I had an idea. I had a criminology minor from undergrad. I just loved criminal law. It's like interesting mm -hmm. to me to learn. So I was like, you know what? I'll just be a criminal lawyer, right? Like, I don't know, but I know mm -hmm. I wanted to be to try to work at it. So I went to the DA's office and I interned there two summers in a row and I enjoyed it, but not enough where I was like, could I see a future in this as a career? So I was like, okay, I'll put that on the back end and just see what other opportunities come up. And in my second year of law school, I was able, after my second year of law school, I was able to practice at an employment litigation firm as a clerk, loved it. They gave me a job offer. I was like, you know what? That'll do it. So um, that's where I ended up working at a law school, just kind of networking to get that opportunity. I was volunteering at a school with the attorney and he was like, hey, try this out, see how you like it. And I fell in love with the people in the firm. That's exciting. And what was it like working at the law firm where, you know, one of the onlys, uh, in, whether it, you know, identity, you know, identity, <laughs> racially, yeah, gender, absolutely. you know, what, what, yeah. what was that like? Yeah. So great question. So fun fact, <laughs> only 5% of attorneys in the United States of America that are licensed are black, period, mm -hmm. which is crazy. 5%. That is wild. When you really think about all of these states and all mm -hmm. of these people, 5%. Now it's licensed attorneys. There may be some lawyers that just have their JD and they aren't licensed, mm -hmm. but this is like a licensed attorney, but still that's really, mm -hmm. really, really low. So knowing that it's like, okay, you're probably going to be one of the few or one of the only, unless you're at like an all minority law firm or something like that, mm -hmm. or business or company. Right. So I was the only black female associate attorney at the firm out of, I think it's about um, over 15, 15 to 20 attorneys there um, plus of counsel and things of that nature. So I was like, okay, let's let's do this. Uh, let's see how this goes. Again, I made those connections. So totally, the totality of the time I was at the firm was two and a half years. So as a law clerk for a year and a half, and then as an attorney for a year before I decided to quit. 
Yes. And so, go, so as you said, you had been on social media um, talking mm-hmm. about like the early days of like 2014 and then graduating law school. So when applying to the law firm, technically you've already were on social media and so they were aware of it. And right. so <laughs> how did that kind of inspire your next uh, leap from uh, working at the law firm to now being, you know, your faves legal creative consultant? What yeah, is the story? So- it was tricky because, like you said, first gen, like, I thought I did what I was supposed to do. I got into law school, which for me was already like a culture shock. I was like, oh, shoot. I've never really had conversations with lawyers outside of, like, being on the other side. I've never had conversations with judges, again, from being on the other side or seeing family members go through the court system and things of that nature. So it was just a culture shock. I remember sitting in orientation and watching all the students talk about their family this and their dad this and their mom this and their sister this. And I was like, chow, I'm just so glad to be in the room. Hey, pass me an ink pen. Um, And I was so honored to be there. But of course, like imposter syndrome and scared. And I remember texting my friends at the time, like, I just feel like I don't belong. Um, Fast forward through law school, I gained a ton of confidence because I'm like, it's so much more to being a lawyer than just like, who you know, and just the grades and all that, it encompasses everything. It's your personality, your expertise, your life experiences can put you on a whole different level of any other attorney. And also being able to network and share your personality in an authentic and organic way. Like that's going to set anybody apart. So I don't know who needs to hear that, but mm, okay, somebody needed to hear it. So I got the job, got the job, loved it. I did the thing. Of course, my family was so excited. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so proud of you. You got the law firm job before you graduated. Yes. You the first time, you're black, you're female, we'd love to see it, kill it. Yes, generational wealth. Come yes. on, generational wealth. The money was moneying, the salary had salaried, and the insurance has been secured. Right. Dang, right? I sit in the office and I'm looking around and I'm like, I don't feel how I think I'm supposed to, this can't be right, right? Mm -hmm. Then it was that tussle of, am I just being too hard on myself or am I not being grateful? Or what do you think it was going to feel like? And I, of course, talked to several different attorneys and mentors and just was trying to figure out why do I feel like this just doesn't feel right? Then towards the end, before I quit, it was like, ah, the signs were started to sign. I was praying a lot. Um, I'm not, like I said, even when we take it from undergrad, when I was like, oh, I wasn't a risk taker to just jump into theater. I don't consider myself ever be a risk taker until the moment I quit my law firm job. That was the most highest risk I feel like I've taken in my life, but it was still strategic. I didn't just quit with no money, child. I had to save a little bit. Um, oh, course, but yeah, it was scary. I didn't want to let my audience down. I didn't want to let my family down. I don't want to let myself down. So it was a tough decision to make for sure. But you took the leap and I feel, you know, you're all the better for it. And so mm-hmm. you, when exactly did you decide to leave your job and was it the, was the world in a certain place when you decided <laughs> to do it? Ciao. Not in 2020 as the pandemic. So I was like, it's time for me to leave. <laughs> you know, oh, it was wild. It was like on top of everything else going on. I'm like, yep, good time. It's time mm-hmm. to leave now. Uh. And it was so unplanned. In a dream world, I was like, okay, I know I can't stay here for long. Again, I had that moment in the office before I was even quitting was on the radar. And I would look around the office and be like, I just don't see myself, not even just racially or as a female. I just didn't see myself staying there forever. So I'm like, okay, I'll give it three years, maybe five years. Then it was like, okay, I'm going to give it two years. Okay, I'm going to give it a year and a half. It was like, Baby, I'm gonna give it one year, one year. 365 days. Or I'm gonna give it three more weeks. But (laughs) 
Um, it was it was a wild. So yeah, it was in the middle of a pandemic. I ended up quitting September 2020. So that's when I put in my resignation, and it was one of the scariest moments of my whole life, still to this day. Aside from taking the bar exam, child. <laughs> between the bar and leaving the firm and so were the people supportive were the partners supportive at the firm how did you know they end up taking the news how did your family feel like what what was the reaction yeah so first thing I did was of course like ask my support system and I was leaning on them and I talked to my mom and my friends and my family and just was like hey I have this crazy idea hello what y'all not saying that the hello (laughs) um and I remember talking to my mom and she was like, I'm not even surprised. Like I figured it was coming. And it just made me have that extra boost of confidence. I had some friends that are attorneys. They were like, girl, make sure you know what you're doing, sis. And it was out of love and out of concern. So I do think that was helpful as well. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. just leaving off of an emotion Mm -hmm. because there was some back and forth a little bit with my firm at the, during that time of Mm -hmm. them just trying to figure out like the big question they kept asking me was how did I have time to do everything I was doing and still give them good work product which was wild because I was like it's something wrong with my my work product like I'm still a new attorney so I'm still like paranoid like it's something wrong I did something wrong and it ended up not being that which is a blessing it was a how do you have time as a first year associate how are you making time and truth be told I really didn't have time I wasn't sleeping I was making crazy sacrifices in other areas but I was Mm -hmm. committed to doing good work at the firm and also good work for my Mm -hmm. side hustle that I loved in my passion projects yeah what were some of those uh side hustles and passion projects that you were able to juggle while working full-time at the firm (laughs) yeah so I had this crazy idea (laughs) um to start a scholarship after I like the year I graduated in 2019 I started a scholarship and I was excited to do it again. So what I started doing was like a 1L boot camp. So it was called like a first year boot camp. We would do like a crazy weekend of uh, workshops and them asking me questions. And it was live. And I was so excited about it. And I had just did one. And that's when some of the issues began. I wouldn't even call them issues. Just kind of conversations in the office where they were like, oh, I heard you were doing this over the weekend. Or And it was like, yes, this is a fact that I'm on a public platform. All of my stuff is public. This is a fact. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also considering the fact that I let, they knew I was doing this before I started working there. When they gave mm-hmm. me the job offer, they told me to, you know, write this information to one of the partners at the firm. And I did all that, but I think it was just like, they didn't know to the level because they didn't do their due diligence to do the research, to look mm-hmm. it up. Like, Oh, actually search my name. Oh, this is legit. It's not just, mm-hmm. um, a little blog or a little thing yeah. that they kept, um, continues to say. So it ended up being bigger than I think they really realized. Absolutely. And what is your scholarship about? And are you still uh, doing, are you still uh, in charge of it? So I paused it because I want to do it on a bigger scale. Um, It was nice to get my feet wet Mm -hmm. to see, get the experience. And it just pushed me to be more passionate to be able to make it on a bigger scale later in life. No, that okay. Well, I'm here for it. I'm excited, you know, get all the donors. Like I hope, you know, people definitely support you, (laughs) support the kids you know do got, got to, to get back to the kids and also during the time I was creating content for brands so that's something else I was doing during this time of course like creating yeah. content for brands for my audience and just still being a content creator but that was definitely revving up and in 2020 mm-hmm. a lot of people probably made some of the most money they've made and that was me I had made a ton of money from brand partnerships in 2020 
Yeah. And that seems to be kind of segues to the next part of um, the influencer world, which I kind of have no idea. Um, I wouldn't necessarily consider <laughs> myself an influencer. I definitely consume a lot of influencer content. Some of my favorite influencers on TikTok, I'll name um, Keith Lee, if you watch him and his uh, yes. food reviews. Oh, who doesn't love Keith Lee? <laughs> we love him. Yes. ready to eat whatever he's selling. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so um, I feel like actually, now that I mentioned him, he's a good case study on what should influencers do if they all of a sudden, you know, when they go viral, like, do they call you and they're, are they like, hey, you know, the Jennifer Hudson show is calling me, Oprah's calling me, but it's like, I don't know, you know, what the heck right. to do, whether, you know, on the legal side of like, should I accept this contract? And then on the other side of like, what is it like now that I'm kind of a public famous figure? So, you know, are you the Olivia Pope in this situation? Oh, don't hide me. <laughs> but yeah. It's amazing. I love when I'm able to support newer creators. Like, of course, I love all creators. That's between us. They're my favorite type of client. I love creators. I do help brands and managers and agents and all that. But to me, I feel like when I'm able to meet a creator where they're at, because I'm also a creator, it feels so good to connect to your clients on a different level because you are them a lot of times. So yeah, I love those situations where you've been either working really hard on your content and all of a sudden you blow up or you go viral or you're like, I didn't even know I was going to do this. Where do I start? I love those conversations because it's exciting for me to remember those moments that I've had or just to hear the excitement in their voice and the curiosity. So I definitely help in various areas when you're a new content creator or you've been doing it for a while. And is it mainly around like social media strategy? Is it on, you know, um, like media coaching? Kind of what are the um, yeah. the kind of services that you offer? Because we want to shout you out. You know, yeah. we want to make sure the people come to you. <laughs> so, um, you know, thank you. Asking the question, what can we get? Yeah, so my main focus is contracts and negotiating. Those kind of go hand in hand. So I get a ton of questions about, is this a good rate? Or how do I negotiate a rate? How do I calculate my rate? How do I even reach out to brands? How do I have this conversation with a brand that may feel tough? Maybe the brand is late on payment or maybe the brand is not being reasonable when it comes to things that you need in your contracts. So I'm able to talk to creators and tell them, hey, this is the language you should use or you're probably not going to get that from this brand because I've had experience with those brands. Again, another benefit of me being a creator is I have some back end understanding of how some of these brands work and what they tend to do, which is good. But love contracts. I feel like it's overlooked still in this industry. It's still somewhat of a new thing. When I first started out back in 24, 2015, we was just getting hair, child. Free hair, free clothes, mm. no contracts posting. They was paying some money through Miss PayPal. And it, I was like, oh, I got money. I was in college. I was like, I got money for groceries. It's lit. No contracts. It was a hot mess. Mm. Um, I always say this all the time on my platforms. I'm sorry if you heard this before, but there's no worse feeling of you're driving down the street. You look on a billboard, you see your face, but you are struggling to pay your rent. You do not want to be in that position. Oh my goodness. That see, seems like, you know, a friend of a friend may yes. know, know a little bit about it. Listen, okay. Hey, so if you are struggling today, please reach out. No, <laughs> no, it, it, it's no but seriously, like it's, it's overlooked. You can charge for so much as a content creator and it's continually to evolve. Like mm -hmm. understand that you can charge not only for the content, but for the labor thereof, as well as the usage of that content. Think about it like when you go to the car dealership and you're like, okay, the oil change is this much. Mm -hmm. The labor is this much. Why is it so much? Because they can charge for both and us as creators need to do the same. Because a lot of us Ooh. are keeping everything in-house. No, that's really, really smart. And so 
something that came to mind is um, with these big contracts and someone who might be new to the space, what do you do around taxes? And how do you kind of like, are you, are you supposed to think about, you know, now am I like a sole prop? Like, what's kind of yeah. that? What, what What is that like for my own knowing as well? <laughs> That's a great question. Not you taking notes. Uh, <laughs> okay. My thought is this, and it's surprising to some people, but speak to an accountant. When it comes to deciding on what entity you want to be registered as, a lot of people think, oh, I need to talk to a lawyer. And a lot of lawyers, we're going to tell you, talk to an accountant first, because there's certain benefits at certain levels of income that an accountant is going to be able to give you that information on. So for example, you can be an LLC, which is usually where people start, an LLC, but you can opt in as a, a, a S corp where you can get taxation as an S corp versus being a corporation because maybe you're not making enough money or you don't feel comfortable being that going all the way into corporation status. It's a little bit more expensive to register, a little more detailed than an LLC. So there's able to get some taxation benefits. So I always tell creators, there's no perfect number. I'm not gonna say, hey, you gotta make this much. Baby, and then you can go ahead and join the team. When you start making any money, really, $600 and up, they're going to send you, you have to send a W-9, so a W-2. So then. Yeah. You, you, yeah. The so last... then now you got $600 and they're going to write you off and they're going to put your name on their paperwork. So you need to put their name on your their paperwork. So mm -hmm. now let's say you make $10,000 next month. So you go viral, you make $50,000. You are going to be taxed 15.3%. 15.3 or 15.2, talk to an accountant, but 15.3 or 15.2 percent. It might not seem like that much, but $50,000, That's 15 yeah. percent, do y'all hear with limited business expenses? Because when you're not an LLC or you're not a corporation or you're not any type of entity, you're not able to write off as much. So there's another benefit. Mm. And then on the legal side, which I should have gave this disclaimer beforehand, Although I am a licensed attorney, I'm not your attorney. This is not legal advice, information, and educational purposes. I'm like, thank you. Period. That's what it is. Um, but seriously, when you are able to be an entity, you get so many more benefits. Like the business expenses, it's just more you can write off. But mm -hmm. also legally, you're protected. So you and your entity are now separate things. Mm -hmm. Therefore, let's say you get sued, unfortunately. You yeah. get sued, they can only come after your business yeah. versus your personal assets. Now, there's loopholes, of course. It always depends. I'm not going to sit here and say that's a perfect scenario, mm -hmm. but it gives you a lot more benefits than if you don't have anything. Okay. That's, ooh, dropping gems. <laughs> Y'all, you better take notes because, again, while this is not legal advice, I, I would definitely, <laughs> you know, there is there has been advisory behind this, you know, what we're talking about here. <laughs> definitely informational and educational for sure. Y'all, you know, this tea. This tea. <laughs> absolutely. And so one of the things that I thought about, this is going to be kind of a two part question. Um, I saw that you spoke on your TikTok about, you know, leaving your law, um, leaving your law firm job kind of, you know, only less than five years in your legal career and how people are like, how that's going to hurt you. But it's like, you've actually now used that as mm -hmm. your superpower because you're like, I understand what the kids are talking about right exactly. now with the TikTok ban, it's like, I can, you know, translate this quite easily. Whereas, you know, folks who have like 25, 30 plus years skin in the game, no disrespect. It's like, y'all don't really understand because <laughs> I have more of an ear to the pulse. And so yes. one of the ways, I guess my question is, do you feel is that um, it's kind of a natural competitive advantage that you have and something that you use when creators come to you like, hey, you know, am I getting paid my worth? So do you feel like you kind of are able to advise on that side of like, you know, this is your worth as, you know, a black creator and then also, you know, having that ear to the pulse. So that was Absolutely. No, absolutely. It is. It's really like a two for one. Um, It's the best of both worlds 
because I have experienced things as a creator that I can then pocket and recall later when I need to talk to different clients. Also, because I work with a variety of different clients, now I have a wide variety of experiences and I can share with the next person. So it's it's really great. But I also have my law degree and my license to back me up when I need to do some analytical research that I learned through law school or when I need to be in certain rooms and have certain conversations. Let's just be honest, having a law degree really has put me in some of those rooms, which give me the benefit to get an ear so then I can go back and tell creators that might not have the ability or the resources to be able to sit in those rooms or get that experience or hire someone to give them that information. So I try to make my services as reasonable and as affordable as possible, of course, I do got bills and I am licensed, so I gotta be real. You, you know? know, and um, hashtag pay, pay yeah, black women. Hard, but <laughs> pay black women, but you know, you understand. Y'all, y'all heard that? Yeah. Um, no, but I really try to make it as reasonable as possible and give so much free information online. I have no problem answering a ton of questions. Um, but when it's going into more detail, of course, I'm like, hey, book a clarity call. Hey, let's get on a call, let's talk about it, and we can work through the details. But it definitely is a benefit. I mean, y'all heard the TikTok. And the Congress talk about some tic tac. Be for real. It's things like that that are going to just deter any client. It's like if I go try to get insurance and they like they don't know what car insurance is, but they're trying to sell it to me and they can't explain to me what are the benefits and the pros and the cons, and they're using terminology that doesn't make sense, it's not gonna work. So it's like with any professional service, you want to make sure you're knowledgeable. And I just feel like I have that benefit by being a creator. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that's really cool is you've also been somewhat of an educator in the sense that you've authored some ebooks. So talk about a little bit Thank about you. those ebooks and how we can find them. Yeah. So I was trying to think of a service that I could provide to people that maybe they don't have time to get on the call or maybe they just like, girl, I just want to have it and make sure I keep it forever and I can reference it. So one of my favorite services is my clarity call service. It's a 30 minute call. It's quick, get in, get out. It's a flat fee. And you can pretty much ask me anything. The only thing I don't do is review a contract because be for real, I can't do it in 30 minutes, you know? But if you have a clause or you have a question or you want to get an audit or whatever the case may be, you can ask me anything in that time. And I have always had people say how much I can't believe I got this much information from this call it's great but again if you're like Cam I don't have time to be on a call I need the information now so I answered like my top 10 most asked questions in video format for an ebook because for me I love listening to things I love being able to reference things via video so I did it in video format so people are able to watch listen and get their questions answered that's really helpful and definitely something that I want to check out, even though I'm not necessarily, you know, in the legal field, I still want to support and definitely, you know, funnel folks to, uh, to support because that that's really sure. important nowadays, especially with misinformation. Ooh, we <laughs> girl, let me just say this real quick. Okay. Yeah, please. <clears throat> Following does not equate to expertise. And it's not to say that it doesn't, but sometimes <laughs> two things are not the same. It's there are amazing experts with an amazing following, huge, large. They have so much credibility. They have so much experience and I rely on them for different things. Mm -hmm. But they are also so many people that have gained this following that is sharing knowledge that is just not true. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure you do your due diligence to do research. I always tell people like if you have some type of feeling about me, do the research. Google my name. Look at my law license. If you have any questions, ask me. I'm an open book. I will send a voice note on an Instagram DM because I want to make sure that my clients and people that come to me, that they're comfortable. Again, I don't want to be the scary lawyer or I'm trying to get over on you. It is not that deep. I'm really here to help. I would do it for free, but baby, these lights, 
these bills, this cost, the way the, the way these travels. Let's be honest, you the know, gas prices, the groceries. You know what? <laughs> Don't even, not even get into it. We'll be here for thirty more hours, cause girl, the groceries, the grocery bill is the grocery bill for me. Ooh. No, oh my Jesus, <laughs> ah Lord, no, that's fair. And I feel as though, like again, you make it super accessible. You make it super easy to understand. Um, and do you maybe foresee yourself maybe going into teaching? Would you ever, you know, be a professor? Oh, not your own business. Um, yeah. So I've been thinking about it. Um, not necessarily anytime soon mm -hmm. but i'm not against maybe being an adjunct professor for a law school to talk yeah. about influencer marketing social media kind of the intersection between the two getting in some of the technology of it all with chat gbt and ai mm -hmm. and how that's going to change the industry and diving more into the intellectual property issues that could come about or contracts mm -hmm. in general i mean contracts to me are different mm -hmm. in all entertainment arenas mm -hmm. depending on if you're talking reality tv or if you're talking digital or if you're talking modeling it's so many different areas even mm -hmm. sports, it's all so different. So I definitely could see myself possibly teaching a course of some sort in a, a law school setting. Well, we want to see it. We're rooting for you. <laughs> and I definitely, you know, can't wait to see you on like the big screen. And so uh, what's up next for you? Um, I know you have the legal tea, um, but what, you know, what what are some things that are that we can expect from you, you know, for, for hot girl summer? Oh, well, <laughs> one thing I'm gonna be a Miss Travel Girl Summer. No, uh, um, I'm I'm just excited to take some time to really think about what my next project should be. That's kind of the phase I'm in. I'm I feel really good about my current services. I feel really good about the content that I'm producing and trying to find ways to make the next project or two even more accessible and affordable in various different settings where I'm able to have a little bit of one-on-one, -on -one, have some group settings, have some live chats. And it, it's hard to kind of find that perfect combination between them all. So I'm just kind of working on what's the best way to do that. Uh, one of my dream projects, two of them, actually, I'll talk about both of them. One, I would love to do a TED Talk. I don't know what it's going to be on. I say that on every podcast because one of these days I'm going to say I was on it. Uh, the second thing is I definitely want to write a book of some sort. I don't know if I want it to focus on just the the legalities, everything, like an academic type book for law students and lawyers to go into this area, or if I want it to be kind of like the intersection between me being a creator and a lawyer. I don't know, but writing a book is is closer uh, than some of the other things. Okay, I think you could do all of them for sure, uh, especially being on the TikTok community and being in that you know ecosystem. Sure. The sky is like not is like just the beginning. It's not the limit. It's just and so um, considering that you are on TikTok, who are some other lawyers and like creatives that you would maybe want to uh, shout out or highlight while you're here? Oh, not you put me on the spot. I'm like, oh, who is their name? Because I know their real names, but I don't know they. It's okay. We can we can Google. Um, I'm weak. So of course, any I love any any given Sunday, amazing. She's also an attorney that quits. So we have that in common, and so many other things in common. Like the girl is a genius. Her content is phenomenal, just gorgeous inside and out. Truly, truly, shout out to any. Um, and actually, she inspired me to kind of reshare my quit story. So just had to give her that credit because I was, I was again, I played very safe and not a risk taker. And it just made me realize that so many people may be in a similar situation, whether it's in law or in another area, and they just needed some additional pat on the back. Like, you got this. You could do this. You're not alone. And like you just said, the sky is the limit. When I quit, I realized how boxed in I truly was. There is no ceiling as an entrepreneur, and it is the best, most freeing feeling. It is, it's a blessing, for sure. Um, 
Another creator that I love, Veronica, I can't think of her social media, but her name's Veronica. She does something similar to me. So she did, helps creators with their contracts. She's also an intellectual property attorney. She does trademarks. So shout out to Veronica. Um, uh, there's so many. Oh, my gosh. I have to put some, give you some in the show notes, chat. Okay. There's so many amazing attorneys online that are either focusing on their own area of law. Yeah. Um, of course, Bruna. We love Bruna. She's amazing. She's a law student. Um, Kayla, she's a lawyer. Let's see. She does IP and contracts as well. Mm -hmm. She's also a creator. Uh, Bruno's a creator as well. I would say legally Priscilla. And I love to see it. I'm so glad that more law students and lawyers are sharing their story. Like, why did it have to be this? We're lawyers. We're never talking about things. Y'all need to see us as scary. Like, be for real. Like, no, we're here to serve people. That's our job is to be counselors. I know we've heard the term as counselor. We really are counseling a lot of people through the toughest Mm -hmm. decisions of their lives. So I'm I'm glad to kind of just be myself and show people that you can be you. You don't have to be stuffy. You don't have to be in black and white every day, child. You can kiki. You can say child. You can laugh. You can joke. You can just be real and also still be professional and be credible. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I appreciate about the creators that I follow online that kind of give us this um, snapshot into their day in the life, the day in the life videos during quarantine. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Those were like, I I loved it because it was like, I could see the desk organization or it's like once people started going back to work, it's like outfit of the day, you know, to go into the office. And so, uh, it was just really something that was that was exciting. And so, um, yeah, I I would say I'm excited to support you. Uh, where can we find you online? Thank you for having me. Y'all can yeah. find me everywhere in the internet streets at Cameron Monet. It is K-A-M-E-R-O-N. Monet is M-O-N-E-T. And I'm on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, uh, LinkedIn. Definitely reach, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Don't hesitate. I'm here to help. Also, I'm on Lemon 8. Of course, it's another app. So I had to get on Miss Lemon 8 and see what she was giving. So definitely reach out to me if you guys have any other questions, comments, concerns, just want to chat, want to kiki. And I'm really, really, really here to help. I genuinely feel like my passion and purpose is what I'm doing right now. I really think that the folks will come to you because, you know, being that you're in the creator space, like if you need any sort of legal counsel, yeah, send it, send them over to Cameron <laughs> because you know you know that you know your stuff. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and we'll definitely talk to you soon.